0: Amen, amen. Praise God. Well, glory to God. Open your Bibles, if you would please, tonight to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And I want, as you're turning there, to give some testimony about how remarkable, how supernatural, how wonderful last Wednesday night was. You know, when I sat down last Wednesday night at 2 o'clock, as is my habit, to get ready for midweek, the Lord just immediately began to talk to me. Uh, If you were here last week, you know this, about people that have remained sick, who have knowledge and teaching and understanding about faith and about that healing belongs to them for their body, yet they, for whatever reason, remain sick. You remember that? And it was just so wonderful. You know, I had a word of knowledge, which is supernatural insight into the mind of God about people, places, or things, about something present or past, that there would be a guest... Uh, with us in that service uh, who uh, was dealing with some prolonged sickness Mm -hmm. and uh, the reason he had not been healed was because he wasn't walking in love. Remember the Lord had me talk about that, that that was one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why many Christians remain sick is that they are not walking in love. Faith works by love. Well, several people got blessed, several people got ministered to during that service, but a man came. Uh, after the service, who was a guest, and let me know. He said, Pastor, that was, that was me. That was me. I've been dealing with some prolonged sickness. In fact, I just went to the doctor. I, he told me I have prostate cancer. I've been in this big fight with my wife. And I just want you to know that I, I let it go. I got the door shut, and I forgave, and I believe I'm healed. Now, I haven't heard any testimony yet back from him, but I, I just... I just believe it was evident God orchestrated that entire service to minister healing to one person. And it just unfolded just like the Holy Ghost said it would. Now, God wants us all to be blessed. But I just tell you, it's just wonderful. It's just so, I just, it's why I'm in the ministry, you know, other than the call, of course. It's just thrilling to see how much God loves us. I, 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 this is what I said to that brother. I said, How much must God love you? Because I wasn't thinking about ministering along that line. And anyway, when I sat down in my chair, God gave me that word of knowledge. I, I have met you. I don't know you. But God knew you and your situation exactly what you needed. Amen. And He changed our whole, services, our whole church's focus for one person that He knew was going to be here for that one night. Amen. 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 I tell you, God loves us all. He loves us all. But as I checked my heart and prayed today, I just felt like that there was... Uh, more to that subject that we should cover, uh, praise God. So this is why many remain sick, part two. Amen? Now you understand, again, we're not dealing with the faith side of healing. Most of us, it's a faith issue, right? We, we have to uh, learn what belongs to us as children of God in this area. We have to become firmly rooted in understanding and the promises of God about our body. And then we have to actively be developing and using our faith to receive that blessing. Amen. 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 And uh, so, praise God. I, you, you just need to understand, we've, we've taught you that over the years. Yeah. And we'll continue, <laughs> as long as I'm the pastor here, to go over it again and again and again. Because we want to be well. Yeah. And we want to be healed. And faith comes by hearing. But we're, we're ha- the Lord is having us deal with a specific Uh, avenue addressing folks who who have been taught, like I said, and they know some things, and they're actively standing, they know sickness is an enemy. You know, a lot of Christians don't know that. They're not sure that sickness is an enemy. But it's just clear, if you just throw off other things and go with the Word, it's from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15, for example, says evil diseases. Disease is evil, all of it. Amen? And so anyway, the person that knows all this and they have faith and they're standing and they're making their confession, but they are no better. This is the situation that we're exploring right now. Amen? And believing to get light uh, on. Because again, God wants to help us to get doors shut so that we can be in a position to receive of His wonderful life-giving healing power. Amen. You know how we roll around here, right? No condo bondo for anybody. No condemnation, no bond, No bondage. Okay, so quick, by way of review, and we're doing great on time tonight. So you got a few minutes? Amen. Now, I'm going to say some things Brother Russell's no doubt heard 35 times before. Amen? But faith doesn't come by having heard. That's right. Faith comes by hearing. So if I'm going to get Deacon Russell to the end healthy, he's got to keep hearing this. That's <laughs> right. You've got to keep hearing this. Amen. Amen. And then we got a whole crop of folks who are brand new to this message. Right. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Brother Scott, I've, I've reached my place where I'm, I'm good and cool now. And uh, so notice what Paul said here in verse 13. Christ, what has He done? Christ has redeemed us. Is He going to redeem us? Is this a future thing? No, He has redeemed us. What has He redeemed us from? From the curse of the law. Did it say we've been redeemed from sin? No. Now we know we are, but that's not what this verse said. It said that we have been redeemed, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. And it goes on and says, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Jesus was hung on a tree. Right? Now, uh, verse 13 tells us what he did. Verse 14 tells us why he did it. Why did he do it? That the blessing. That the blessing of Abraham. Now again, these things are not just religious, you know, phrases. This is, he's talking about a specific thing. He's saying, so that the blessing Abraham walked in could be entered into and enjoyed by the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? Well, if you have anything, do you have any knowledge, any insight about the kind of life Abraham lived? He wasn't poor. He wasn't broke. You know, at one time when he started his relationship with God, both he and Sarah were were unable to, to produce children. God healed their bodies. They lived a long life. An enemy didn't get them. A robber didn't get them. Tragedy didn't get them. Abraham went out of this earthly life with dignity. Amen. Didn't have a bunch of tubes stuck in him. Are you with me? We need to learn what kind of, what kind of blessing did Abraham have. Well, that, the covenant is specifically outlined in Genesis chapter 12. He said, if you'll go where I tell you to go, God said, if you'll do what I tell you to do and trust me, I'll bless you. I will empower you to prosper in every area. That's what that means. Amen. So I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And so this is uh, why Jesus took our place in the curse. is So that we could have and enjoy this blessing. So it doesn't matter that you're not a natural Jew. If you're born again, the last verse of this chapter says, If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise God made to Abraham.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Now go back to verse 13. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So quick. You remember that the curse of the law is a specific thing. It's referring to the curses that came in for disobeying, not meeting the standard of the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. Right? And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in about about verse 16 through the end of the chapter, a lot of verses there, God specifically outlines all of the elements of the curse. And to read that, (laughs) oh man, have y'all read that? Yeah, I mean, it talked about I'm going to give you the botch, I'm going to get, you know, you're going to get the itch. You're going to get the hemorrhoid that cannot be healed. And that does not sound good, right? It talks about poverty. It talks about death. It talks about destruction. It talks about wasting diseases. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But if you summarize the curses listed in Deuteronomy 28, you will find that they are basically brought down into three categories. Number one, separation with God, not having any sort of covenant or relationship or standing with God. Number two is poverty. Poverty. Aren't you glad tonight you're redeemed from poverty? I'll never be poor again in my life, never be poor again in my life, ever again. Oh, how can you say? See, that gets religious devils stirred up. But I just happen to know I'm nothing great, but I read the Bible, and I found out I'm the seed of Abraham, and Abraham wasn't broke. Yeah. Right. Isaac wasn't broke. Jacob wasn't broke. Jacob's 12 sons weren't broke. The whole tribe, as long as they walked in the covenant. Yes. You know how an Orthodox Jew, if you just really want to get real with it, an Orthodox Jew, this is how they think. If you're broke and you can't get your bills paid, they wonder what you did to offend God. That's right. what they think because they know they have a covenant. And the same thing is true with their bodies. If you're sick and you can't get well, they look at you and they wonder what you did to offend God because they know, the Jews that really paid attention to their covenant, that we have a covenant with God. Right? But isn't it thrilling to know that the New Testament teaches that all of us Christians, we've been brought into this covenant. The New Covenant includes the Abrahamic Covenant which is a redemption from all the curses of the law. Some of you are not sure, but you just need to... You know, I remember blinking my eyes, hearing this for the first time, going, can this be true? How come I wasn't taught this? Well, because they didn't know it. You know, you can't walk in what you don't know, and you can't know something you're not taught.
1: That's
0: why it's so vitally important that we teach these things until you're tired of hearing it. And, and if you're right, you'll never get tired of hearing it. So the question is, because we have to advance, why, if we're redeemed from the curse of the law, and we are, and the curse of the law includes being redeemed from sickness and disease, every single one of them, amen, then how come Christians are sick? That's a good question. It needs to be answered. And there are many reasons. But what I want to say to you is something bold, something you need to be, you need to be willing to get in the Word and prove this out for yourself, is that the failure not to have this covenant benefit is not and never on God's side. It's not never on God's side. Amen. Amen. It is always on man's side. Does it mean, you know, when you say that, people start thinking about grandma. People start thinking about Auntie May. People start thinking about their mama or their daddy. We're not saying anybody's bad. Right. We're not saying, but right? We just have to be humble enough to say God is perfect. He never makes any mistakes. If the Bible is true and the words mean anything, He cannot lie. He did not lie. Healing is in there.
1: Amen. That's
0: right. It's our job to find out what we need to know, what we need to change so that we can walk in the light of what is written and promised and made available and receive it. Amen. Amen. Are you with me so far? Well, the reason why uh, is number one, the number one reason why Christians who are redeemed but don't walk in healing is they don't know. They don't know. They, they've not been taught this. Is that right, Brother Dave? You know, they've not been taught this. Hosea 4 6, 6 says, My people, my people are cut off or destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. Now most people stop, and me too, we st- when we quote that verse, we stop right there. But it goes on and says, for they had knowledge, but they rejected it. In other words, they had the truth presented to them, but they rejected that knowledge. And in rejecting the knowledge of the truth that was presented, they are cut off or destroyed from what God had made available. And God's the same God. We're in a different covenant. We're in a better covenant because of what Jesus achieved for us. But we're serving the same God. We're not Amen. serving a different God. Amen. We'll go to Ephesians 4. Just again, praise God. You're doing good. We're doing good. Amen. We're going to get into something here. But I want to catch those up and go over this again. Why are, are Christians sick then? Well, if you're not taught, you don't know. And you can't have faith for what you're not sure God has even made available. So for most people, it's a lack of knowledge. issue. It's an enlightenment issue. And it's a faith issue. Faith is the currency of heaven. God's not choosing and picking winners and losers. That's not our Father. He loves us all. He died for us all. He yeah. redeemed us all. Yeah. The covenants for all. Yeah. The differences we see is a matter of enlightenment. Yeah. Development of faith. Right? Yeah. But now we're kind of turning this coin over. I don't want to lose anybody. And we're talking about a different aspect. Yeah. We're talking about someone who's in faith the best they know how. And they know healing belongs to them. Yet their body's still not changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Well, Ephesians 4... Verse 27, notice what it says. Praise God. Ephesians 4. Let me find it here. Very short verse. But it says, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Can a Christian, a born-again, blood-bought Christian, give the devil a place? It's right there in the Word. Back up one verse. In, uh, In the context, it'll tell you a specific door... That Paul was actually talking about. He said, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Be angry, right? Be angry, but don't sin. Neither give place to the devil. A lot of people have given Satan a foothold in their life because they're angry and they sin because they're angry. And you better deal with yourself. You better put your foot to the neck of that out-of-control, carnal expression of anger. Amen. Because if you just let her run wild, and you just fly off the handle and just let her rip, yeah. Amen. then you're moving over into sin. Yeah. And now the devil is in your life. Amen. He's got legal right to access your life. Now do I need to remind you what the devil does? He's not your buddy. He's not your friend. He's not there to help you. He's not there to play patty cake with you. You know he's going knock 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 let me in. Knock 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 let me in. Knock 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 let me in. But John 10 10 says the thief cometh not except but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if you let him in you just know what he's up to. He's going to kill stuff. He's going to destroy stuff. He's going to He's not there to bless your life. No. So we see here from the Word, it is possible. We are being warned by the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, do not open the door to the devil. Amen. Well, is it possible then? There's no point in going forward until we get this part established. No, you know what? I just don't believe that. God's a sovereign God. And if He wanted to hear... Well, what do these verses mean then? You know, if you read the Proverbs, just a casual reading of the Proverbs, Proverbs is a contrast between the wise person and the foolish person. And there's all kinds of scriptures that talk about how you can do things, and if you do that thing, you'll live half your days. And it calls you a fool to do it. Or it'll tell you how you can shorten your life. Well, it's not God, is it? So the fool that did foolish things and ended up living half their days, is it right to say, well, that person died because God chose that? No, Because God's sovereign? Well, then all those verses are misleading. And you know what I'm going to do if I find out the Bible's misleading? What is pastor going to go do? I'm going to go back to drinking beer. Because you can't trust it. We've got to take these words. We have, we have more to say about our healing today in this covenant than God does.
1: Amen. That's
0: right. now, a big pill to swallow for some folks, but it's absolutely the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So again, notice the uh, God's Word translation says, do not give the devil any opportunity to work. Yeah. The Amplified says, do not give him a foothold. Yeah. Do not give him a foothold, Right? All right, so let's, let's go over to some things. Go, go with me to my favorite chapter on the subject of healing in the Bible, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who, are we, who are we upset with? The devil. Yeah. Are we upset with people? No. People are precious. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I've lost friends over this. They they just couldn't swallow that grandma might have missed something. But you know, if you if you refuse to accept that grandma might have had a part to play that she didn't play, then you're pointing your finger at God and saying, You are at fault. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Are you are you ready to realize, is that your position? <laughs> is that your is that really where you're at theologically? I want to show you here in Matthew chapter eight. That our God, the God we serve, the God Christians serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost—they're healers. That's what they are. That's who they are. Amen. That's who they are. Amen. Now you're here in Matthew eight, is that right? I don't know why mine says Mark eight. That's not where I'm supposed to be. But uh, let me just quickly quote to you a couple of things. You can write the references down if you want. Uh, but uh, Jesus, at the very end, of, right before he went to the cross, in John fourteen, just days before he went to the cross. He told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. Philip said, that's not good enough. Show us the Father. Show us the Father, and that'll be sufficient for us. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long with you? Have I been so long with you? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father is, m- is right in me? He said it, and then he says it again, if you have seen me, You have seen the Father. Then I saw something today on my front porch I've never seen before in all these years. See, this is why I've been preaching, teaching, studying along this line. All these years, you still see things you never saw before. Then Jesus said, And henceforth, you have seen Him and know Him. That henceforth, what does that mean? From now on. So, see, people say, Yeah, Jesus was a healer back then, but He's not today. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father from now on. One translation I read today says, from this time forth and forevermore, you have seen Him, you know Him. So we know Jesus, I'm about to show you, Jesus showed Himself a healer. He's a healer. And He said, to see me is to see the Father from now on, henceforth, forevermore. What I've shown you today in my earthly life and ministry and teachings is to reveal to you who the Father is for all time. Amen. Come on, that's good news. Yes. Because religion has tried to, to teach us that we've got a different God. We've got a retired God. We've got a less powerful God. We've got a, we've got a more unwilling God. He was really only interested in healing to prove himself deity. No, 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 my friends. The Bible says in Hebrews 13a that Jesus Christ, the same, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you have to have the right perspective. You're not just reading a hit. Matthew chapter 8 is not a history book. No. It is a vivid chronicling of Jesus in physical manifestation. Showing the world who the Father is.
1: Amen.
0: Now can you, I would challenge you. I will pay you out of my wife's stash. Out of my wife's stash. I will pay you $10,000. If you can find me in the Gospels, there's just four Gospels, one person that appealed to Jesus for healing or deliverance for themselves, an employee, a servant, or a child who did not leave with it, right. I will pay you $10,000. I'm not talking about the people that heard of Jesus but didn't come to the meeting. Right. I'm talking about people like blind Bartimaeus. Right. It said, Jesus, son of David. Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And they said, shut up, shut up, shut up. Be quiet. He just cried out all the more. Finally, the master stopped. Bring him up here. He said, man, this is my moment. Threw off his
1: right. beggar coat,
0: you know. Amen. He said, what do you, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for? He said, master, that I might receive my sight. He said, be it unto you according to your faith. Amen. Notice a stranger. Right. Notice Jesus didn't say, Well, tell me a little bit about you. Right. Have you been naughty? <laughs> have you been nice? Right. Let me Amen. get your social security number and I'll have a meeting with the Father, and we'll find out whether you're deserving right. or not. Right. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I need to find out from the Father whether or not you've learned your lesson mm. yet or not. No, he just healed him. Amen. Then you get this you get this example with the Syrophoenician woman. Right. She's a pagan. She has no covenant with God. She's not a Jew. And Jesus is busy. And she's got a demon-possessed daughter. You know there's failure in that family. How does your daughter get demon-possessed? An open door. And they were pagan worshipers. They were demon worshipers. And yet she persisted. The disciples mocked her. They shoot her away. Jesus called her a puppy. <laughs> called her a little dog said, I'm not here to mess with you guys. I, it's not right for me to give the children's bread. Think about that. What did Jesus call healing and deliverance? That's right, the, the children's, children's bread. bread. Any of you parents ever, you should punish your children, but did you ever deny them bread? No. He called healing and deliverance the children's bread. Amen. He said, it's not right and fitting for me to give the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And man, something rose up on the inside of her and said, Master, I'm not asking for the bread. I'm just wanting the crumbs they threw away.
1: Amen.
0: That'd be enough to get my daughter delivered. She goes, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee as you have believed. And her daughter was delivered like that. Every single person that appealed to Jesus, every parent, every servant, every single one we have any record of, Amen. even if Jesus had to help them, right. they all left with what they desired. Amen. If it was ever the will of God, even once, even in a rare occasion, That it would not be God's will for them to leave with it. Wouldn't the Lord leave us one account? A hint of an account? Part of an account? Of an example in the word? Right. But Jesus is batting a thousand.
1: Amen.
0: Remember what he said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And henceforth from now on, you know what my Father's like. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. All right. Matthew 8, verse 1. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, Jesus. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. So now we have a sick person appealing to Jesus, coming to Jesus, right? And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord... If thou wilt, if you will, if you're willing, you can make me clean. This is where most American Christians are, I believe. They know God's able, but they have no idea if He's willing. Let me give you a quote here. This is a good place to get this quote. I dug it out from F.F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer. Such a classic book. And listen to this quote. He said, Many have prayed for healing for years without success. This is because they have prayed the faith-destroying phrase, If it be thy will. See, there's no faith in if it be thy will. That's putting it all on the Lord. And faith is the currency of heaven. He loves us all. But the Bible is so clear, isn't it? If you don't, James 1, if you don't ask in faith, but if you waver, let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Amen. If you waver, if you doubt, well, how are you, how are you going to avoid wavering and doubting if you don't know what his will is? Amen. That's what you're going to pray that very religiously popular phrase, O oh Father, if it be thy will, heal my son. Mm-hmm. And then the son dies. And they walk away and saying, the Lord wasn't willing. See, but no, no, it's, no, it's you brought no faith. Right. These people brought a measure of faith. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That word please doesn't mean to make Him happy. It means to satisfy Him. Faith is our part in the covenant. And if we don't bring it, we cannot have it. Amen. Do we understand this? This is exactly the case about, being, about receiving salvation. Isn't the whole world saved? See, this is, this is what I say to people who say, it is not God's will to heal everyone. I say, is it God's will to save everyone? Is it God's will to save everyone? Well, we know that we got an evangelist back here. That, you know, Paul told Timothy, that, it's, that God's not willing that any man perish. God's not willing that any man perish, but that all come to eternal life, but they don't. Right. So a sovereign God wills that every human being gets born again and right. that none of them perish, but they do. By the millions, by the multi-millions, they die and go to hell. So a sovereign God wills a thing for a person. What's more important, the salvation of their spirit, their eternal soul, or the healing of their body? Which is higher the salvation. So on the higher thing, God wills that higher thing. But they don't have it. Right. Is it God's fault? No. See, we're so established in this. We get that. Yeah. Right. But then we want to step down to a lesser blessing and say it's all up to God. No, you're expressing your ignorance, sweetie, of what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Right. If the much higher thing, your eternal home is contingent, not on God doing something. He's already done everything He needs to do. It's all a matter of it being preached and proclaimed and received by faith in the person. And if that never happens, what happens to that person? They die and go to hell. We're not applying a different set of spiritual principles to prosperity, divine protection, the healing of our bodies. They all come the same way. Thank you for that one. Amen. I can tell you're just kind of hmm thinking. But look at this. Look at this. This is so good. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus took three weeks to think about it. Is that what it says? No. No. And immediately, immediately he said, "I am willing." And then he did something so precious. If you put yourself there, a leper is banned from human. He's banned from the community. Who knows how long he's had this condition. But it's so contagious. Think about how long it might have been since he had any human contact. A hug, a handshake, a fist bump. He has to walk through town going, unclean, unclean. Right? Got to have this big sign and he's got his ears falling off. Jesus did not just say, son, I'm willing. He said he touched him. He touched him. And he said, I'm willing. If you want to cry, you ought to go to BibleGateway.com and read that in about 25 different translations. It'll thrill you. One translation says, of course I'm willing. One translation says, the leper said, you know, if it would be your pleasure, you could heal me. And he said, it is my pleasure. Now, what people in their religious brains, they want to say, but that was him. But not me. Well, listen, is God a respecter of persons? No. Dad, would you come up here? Brother Russell, would you come up here? Just face the congregation. So we have two men. Let's just say we have two men. So we got two guys. And let's just say we're going to remove all the other variables. All the other variables. All, the, only, the only thing we're considering is there are two human beings, they are two men, and they both have leprosy. And instead of one, yeah, well you got it too. I don't know what, you got it too. And here comes, and I'm Jesus. And the first leper says, Jesus, if you're willing, you could make me clean. And I say, I am willing, be cleansed. And everything else is equal.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the next leper comes up and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not. All things being equal, what's that make me? Do you get that? In the eyes of God, is is He more precious? Is the healing based on stuff like, well, He's more holy? All things being equal, if Jesus, the eternal Jesus who says, I'm here to show you what the Father's like henceforth forevermore for all time, I never change, and I say I'm willing to you, but I'm not to you, then we can justly point our finger at God and say, You are a respecter of persons, meaning the Bible lie. You lied about that, meaning Pastor Chris is going to go drink beer. Amen. Now, we know that all things are not equal. But where are the variables and where are the inequalities? Do those inequalities lie with God or with the men? With the men. God is the same. He loves the same. He provided for the same. His desire is the same. His power's the same, the covenant's the same, the name's the same. The faith He gave each person is the same. So the variables that we see lie with men,, not with God.
1: Does
0: that help you? Thank you. Thank you very much. You can't just pull out this one instance and say, well, that's this leper. If he was willing to heal the leper and all things are equal, but he's not willing to heal you, then this Bible we're reading and studying isn't right. So where does the problem lie? It lies with men. It lies with men. Do you love this, though? Is this good news? Yeah. This is good news. Look, yeah. at, look at what Jesus did like that. With a touch and with a word, He canceled. God canceled the man's if it's your will with I am. Amen. Let, let this account in the Bible count, cancel that question you've had. Amen. With a word and a touch, He canceled the man's if you are, to I am. Amen. Now let me say this to you. This blessed me too. You don't have to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God answers Moses' question. Who shall I say you are? What is your name? And he said, you tell them that the I am that I am has sent me unto you. Oh, man. So His name, one of God's names is I Am. Listen, I don't know about you, but no one has the right to change God's I Am into I Was. And when you say miracles have passed... And the God, the the healer of the Bible is not working the same way today. You are saying that the I am is the I was. And I'm not willing to do that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm too fearful of the Lord to change his name from I am Jehovah Rapha to I was Jehovah Rapha. Or I'm Jehovah Rapha sometimes. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Come on, you cannot have faith when the symptoms are on your body, right? And you're in a fight for your life and you're worshiping a real God, a loving God, but an unseen, a lot of the time, unfelt God. If you're misled, mistaught in this area, you, when you face that moment, you've got to know that you know that you know that the... The sickness is the enemy and God is your friend and you're redeemed from the curse of the law and He will heal you if you will believe. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory. Let's let's read on a little bit. Hey, go ahead and get happy. This is happy news. Verse 5, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now the word beseeching means begging, earnestly asking, right? Now notice we know this story not for himself, but he's appealing for a servant, right? And... Uh, he, he lays out the situation. My servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus knows nothing about the situation. Doesn't know about the man's holiness. Doesn't know about the man's denomination. Doesn't know how faithful he is to synagogue. Doesn't know if he's a tither. Doesn't know if he helps in the church. Right. And what did Jesus say? I will come and heal him. Why? Because what I'm trying to show you is Jesus is a healer. Yes. He's a healer. Amen. This stuff's not hard. People have to have help to get this messed up. Unfortunately, the American church has been given a whole lot of help. Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to come and heal him. Then the servant says, "No, hold on a minute. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus goes, oh, man, you just blew me out. You just blew me out. I mean, I just said I'm going to come to your house and do it. You said you don't need me to? Oh, wow, shazam. And then he turned him around and said, Look, y'all, look at this guy. I have not found faith. I've been looking for it. Notice, if he said, I, there's something new, right? I have not found faith. In other words, you, you find stuff you're looking for. That's right. What's Jesus looking for?
1: Faith. faith.
0: He said, I found it.
1: Amen. And
0: this guy's not even Jewish, he's a Roman soldier. And I haven't encountered faith like this guy. He marveled at the man's faith. Hello. Amen. And then he said in verse 13 to the man, Go thy way as you have believed. Notice Jesus didn't say, as I have willed it. He said, as you have believed it. See, people are not healed according to God's willing it. If that were true, we'd all be healed. Because that's his will. But the centurion's servant was healed Because he had the fortunate circumstance of having a master who had a regard for God and faith in the Word. Some people die because they don't have anyone around them who could boldly believe for them. One of the biggest cause of killers among Christians is the community of unbelief they live in. That's one, that's one of the things I'm really trying to get to before this service ends, is why many remain sick is because they fall prey to the dangers of tradition. That's right. Amen. Now hold on to that if we have time, we'll get to it. Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you, is your faith kind of rising up? Yeah. You know, I approach this subject with all the questions and all the doubts and all the things that everybody else did. Amen. You know what most people do is, and again, I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just talking about reality the way it is. Most people, if you think about why do they believe what they believe about healing? Where did it come from? Where did their belief system come from? It came from their experiences. Well, I prayed for so-and-so, and I know they had faith and they died. You do not know they had faith. You do not know what they said, what they did, when you weren't present. As a pastor, I, I have, I've had that all the time, especially in this church. You know, they don't want to tell me that they're going to go home. I wish they just tell me. I'd be excited for him. Yeah. You're going to go home. Well, let's go home without all this mess. Let's Amen. let the Lord heal you. Yes. yes. And then let me show you from the Word how you can just by faith exit your body mm-hmm. and go home. Yeah. You know, go home's different than being driven out of your body
1: Amen.
0: with yes. a sickness and disease. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Amen. Yes. You know, you'd even be there like, oh my gosh. But if you, you know, people ask me, where did you get this? Well, I got it in the Word. That's where I got it. I didn't get it from a strange website. I got it from the Word. It's in the Word. been there all the time. But anyway, so we see this servant was healed. He left with it, didn't he?
1: All
0: right. Let's look at the other account. Then he goes on. This is the day in the life of Jesus. Verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house... He saw his wife's mother laid, sick of a fever. Notice he saw a sick woman. Right? Right? What was his attitude? He didn't say, you know, sweetheart, if you would hurry up and learn this lesson the Father's trying to teach you, you could get up from here. Uh. He didn't say, hang on, sweetie, I'm going to pray for you that God will give you strength. Right so that you could glorify my Father in your sickness. He never told anybody that either. Notice his attitude toward it. He immediately rebuked the fever, stood over her, rebuked the fever, touched her hand, it left her. So when he saw it, he knew that wasn't right, and he drove it out. Amen. Time for another F.F. Bosworth quote, if you could take it. He said, church members as a whole have not accepted our Lord's attitude toward sickness as revealed in the gospel. They cannot pray in one accord as the early church did. In our day, opposition has taken the place of united prayer. Mm -hmm. Unbelief has taken the place of united faith. Then he said, on the subject of healing, people have been taught today to believe in traditions in the place of the plain word of God. Mm -hmm. This has turned the whole world into a Nazareth of unbelief. Today, those who preach the full gospel and pray for the sick, they are obliged to labor in a Nazareth of unbelief. And we can only get as far as we can get rid of the traditions that hold men back from their healing. So see, instead of a crowd of Christians like in the early church being rah-rah for you as you preach healing to people, they're standing in opposition to you. They're ready to meet you at the back door and say, well, let me tell you about my granddaddy. Let me tell you about, let me tell you. And what is yeah. that? They're telling you about their experience. They're not telling you what the Word says. Amen. So their belief system is based on what they've experienced and what they've heard from unbelieving teachers and preachers that, but doesn't line up with the Word. Listen, if you really want to live a blessed life, a long life, a life free of sickness and disease, you're going to have to flush everything you've been taught and get into the Word and let the Word of God be your soul final source of authority about what you're going to believe about sickness and disease. Because people are well-meaning and well-intentioned, but you've got generational legacies of doubt and unbelief and tradition passed on from one denomination to the next, one pastor to the next, one congregation to the next, and nobody ever breaks the mold and actually reads the Bible for themselves. And if they do, they get persecuted. Uh-huh. So this lady got up. She was immediately healed. Then look at the pinnacle here. Y'all doing okay? Amen. Amen. Verse 16. When the evening was come. Listen, all of this in the, in the day of Jesus. Just one day in Jesus' life. Come on. Yeah. See, Amen. this is who He is. Yeah. This is who He is. ha <laughs> This is who my Jesus is. Amen. You know, Amen. What did, what, did, what did God mean? To Moses when he said you tell him that my name is I am Mm -hmm. what I believe he meant is that I am you fill in the blank I am whatever you call me I am whatever you need me to be and then over as the covenant unfolded right he revealed I am Jehovah Nisi I'm your banner of victory I am Jehovah Rapha I am the Lord your healer I am Jehovah Jireh the Lord your provider You know what God will be in your life? Whatever you call Him. For so many people, He is their unabashed Savior and Lord. But they don't experience healing because they've never received Him as their healer. Have you received Him as your healer? Have you received Him as your provider? He is my righteousness. He is Jehovah Sitkanu. He is my peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is present with me because He is Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is there. So when He said, He just kind of gave Moses, oh, you go tell my people I am their blank check. What do they need from me to be? You tell him I am that, and that word I am, I was reading today, Theologian said that word means I am that forever in an unchanging, unending way. Amen. Praise Amen. God. And He is I am, not I was. Amen. Praise God.
1: Yes.
0: So when evening was come, they brought unto Him many that were possessed with demons, and He cast out the spirits with His word, and healed 50%. No, and healed all that were sick. Verse 17 tells us why He did that. Yeah, so He could prove that He was deity. That's not what this says. It says He did it, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And what did Isaiah the prophet say? He Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He did all that to confirm Isaiah's prophecy of who the Messiah is. He is the one that bears our infirmities and takes our sicknesses away from us. And he hadn't stopped doing that and he hadn't stopped being that. He didn't say, I'm doing this to prove to you I'm deity. Now, his miracles, he does say in other places, he said, believe me for the works sake. He said, I've done works no other prophet's done. If I haven't done works that no other prophet's done, don't believe me. So there is an element... Hey, man, you ought to believe I'm the Messiah, man, because I've done. <laughs> yeah. But that's not his sole motivation for healing no. the sick and delivering no. the demoniac. Amen. It's because that's who he is. Yes. And that's what he wants. Yes. He wants you to be well. He wants you to be healed. Amen. Daddy-O, you're rarely here. Has there ever, ever, ever been a day, half a day, 15 minutes in the day where you wanted me sick? You thought it'd be good for me. How about, uh, how about Ben?
1: <laughs>
0: well, he was more challenging than I was. So. I was the good child. No, but I'm not doing this to hype. I mean, seriously. Could I mean, seriously. I'll accept your testimony. Was there ever a moment in time you said that boy would be more holy if he'd just be sick a while? No. Is he better than God? Does he have a more loving heart toward children than God? Think about what religion has said about our father.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: The accusations they have placed on him. Many Christians believe He is the instigator and the author, the giver, Mm. the afflictor of sickness and disease. And to me, knowing what I know a little bit about what He endured that day, to pay for it, Mm. to carry it, it, is pretty close to blasphemy in my book. But I know they don't know what they're saying. Right. Let's go, to one, let's go to one more verse tonight. Is that okay? Y'all do, I, think we've, I think we've been helped tonight. Amen. Uh, go to Mark chapter 7. And can I just tell you, you know, the devil does not want this good news out. He doesn't want this good news out. Because you might, you might react like I reacted. Flat mad about it. Flat said, oh, no, you don't. Really? Healing is mine forever as long until I get done. And even then I can just leave my body. I don't have to. I used to think, okay, healing is God's will until the end. Otherwise, you just live forever. But again, that that sounds right, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound right? I mean, healing can only be for us for so long because otherwise we just live forever. That makes perfect logical sense, but you know it's not scriptural. That's right. The Bible says Jesus gave up the ghost. Yes. It said he gave up the ghost. Mm-hmm. You know Jesus is not the only one who gave up the ghost. Jacob gave up the ghost. Amen. Meaning they gave up their spirit. Their spirit left their body. My dad said he left his body. That's right. Came back in. Anyway, I don't have time to teach you that tonight about how to die. I say that, you know, I'm going to teach you how to die. And people go, oh, but, you know, it's in the Bible. Amen. 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 Praise God. Mark chapter 7. Glory to God. Uh, verse number 13. Verse number 13. Look at what it says. Jesus said, making the word of God of none effect. Think about that. Making the word of God of none of none effect through what tradition. through your your tradition which you have delivered and many such things do you do if you'll bear with me i brought my amplified classic tonight and i wanted to read that to you it's powerful how dangerous is religious tradition it will kill you it will kill you if you let it The Amplified says, thus you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the Word of God through your tradition. Which you in turn hand on. And I saw that today. He's saying, you have, in your generation, you render, you nullify the word, you void the word, you make the word of God of no effect in people's lives, in your life, in other people's lives, and then in turn you pass it on to the next generation. That's what that verse is saying. And this is actually the very cause why many are sick, and these very people are pointing their finger at God and saying, God's the reason for the failure. They're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, Whatever traditions, what do you believe about healing right now today? And how much of what you think and believe about healing is in line with the book, not your experiences? Don't, don't factor in your experiences. Amen. How much, how pure is your belief system? Mm-hmm. Or how infected have your our, your... our experiences are powerful, aren't they? They are mm-hmm. powerful. And they shape our thinking. And what we begin to believe about the world around us. And we make judgments about God. And then we get in a church or we go to a funeral. And, oh, they start spouting stuff off and they don't give any scripture for it. Or they re- wrestle the scripture, twist the scripture, pull it up out of context. Amen. And they... They destroy, and what they do is they create a congregation, a community of ignorance and doubt and unbelief, right. and they're sweet people. Jesus died. He took their sickness in his own body, and they can't have it because they're not having any faith for it, right. because they were taught they can't right. or shouldn't,
1: hmm.
0: and they justify it by teaching wrongly that God is sovereign, and he's making all the decisions. It's a con. And people die that could have lived and should have lived. They've known the truth. You know the truth isn't going to make you free? Uh Uh-huh, it will too. Jesus said so. That's not what he said. He said, you shall know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free. He said, "Yeah, thank you." He said, "You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth implied that you know will set you free. Set you free. Praise God! I got five minutes on the clock. I'm going to take it. Now I'll get, give me two and a half. I got kids ready to go. Get it out of here. Anyway, just hold on." Think about what you've read about just Jesus going about places healing. Mm -hmm. Who gave him the most grief about it? The religious community. So I'm reading today, right here in Mark 7, I believe. No, it's in Matthew 12. Anyway, the man with the withered hand. Where did that whole encounter occur? In the synagogue, what we would call church. And it says the Pharisees baited him with a question. Is it lawful, Jesus, to heal on the Sabbath day? He said, you folks, how many of you have a sheep? And the sheep fall is, falls into the ditch on the Sabbath. Who in here wouldn't go down? All of you would go down and lift that sheep up. How much more valuable is the she- is this man than Wrong. that sheep? Amen. Yes, it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath day. He told that man to stand out in the aisle. He said, stretch forth your hand. He stretched out. It was made whole. And they did not shout about it. No. They got mad about it. The Bible says they left church and they began to plot. They called a church meeting to try to figure out how they could kill him. Right. Over and over and over. The woman who was bowed over, that precious woman, bowed over. 18 years she suffered with this spirit of infirmity. Jesus saw her from across the way and said, hey, woman. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And, and she was loosed, and those Pharisees got mad about it. Right. Because they didn't consider physical healing a holy enough act to be done in church. That man with the withered hand, how many church services had he gone to and never got healed? In God's house, how many sick people go to church every Sunday? And God intended his house to be a place of healing, restoration, yeah. miracles, yeah. signs and wonders, yeah. appropriating covenant blessings. But instead of getting excited about it, the religious people fight about it. They want to fight about it.
1: Right.
0: We don't have our camera going tonight, but the audio will get out on the podcast. I'm telling you, if you're living, if you're going to church in a co- where this is never taught, never preached, and, and people get mad if it's brought up, you ought to get yourself up out of there. And go find yourself a church that's preaching the word. Amen. My spiritual father said, Dr. Ed Dufresne, he said, it's a matter of life and death what church you attend. Amen. Because again, God's not picking individual winners and losers, and He doesn't love one congregation or group of Christians over another. But He can't move where He's not embraced. He can't be what we don't call Him. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? I said, are you helped tonight? Glory to God. Well, stand up on your feet then.